We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hey everybody, it's Kirk Henderson of Mavs Moneyball. Welcome to a strange after the new afternoon group therapy. Why are we doing it? Well, for one, I uh, don't want to do the work that I have to do. Number two, I we got news this afternoon via Mark Stein that Dirk Nowitzki is getting his jersey on January 5th in a home game against the Golden State Warriors. Obviously, it's a home game. Uh, There's been a fair amount of uh, trying to figure out when it was going to happen because, you know, Dirk's kind of enjoying life for the first time. Uh, So, you know, he's retired. He's, he's, you know, got kids. They're traveling. There's kid stuff. You know, I'm sure probably getting him to commit to something was probably pretty, pretty difficult. Um, and it, it's it's really it's it's really something, and I'm looking forward to it. It'll be like apparently tickets for the game are already like well north of three hundred dollars, even for the worst possible seats. So yeah, um, what I wanted to do just to kind of clear the taste out of that really frustrating game uh, out of our mouths, so to speak, is to you know maybe let's uh, let's talk about Dirk a little bit. Let's not talk about these other these like the current Mavericks. Like I, I've had a tweet stuck in my head for the last several weeks where it's like old, you know, guys can really just talk about old sports ball players or whatever it was. And and we can, because we can kind of talk about Dirk at length. So I would like to invite uh, everybody up on stage to come and probably share what for you would be your favorite Dirk memory. It can be something particular. It can be something, you know, broad. It's, it's, let's, let's just talk about Dirk for a while because he gave us 21 years, uh, and we can chat about him. I think as often as we as as we should. Um, since since I, I've got one person so far, I'm gonna bring uh, Davis up on stage, and you know everybody else, please do. Let's let's talk Dirk because Dirk is fun. Hey Davis, what's going on? Hit the unmute button. How you doing? What's up, Kirk? Oh, Thanks for the invite. Sure. Thanks for joining us. I mean, I think I'll just start off. 
I think obviously the championship run is, you know, I think every Masters favorite part about Dirk's career. But I just want to acknowledge his run from like 2008 to 2011 in the playoffs where he was an absolute machine. Um, and I think if you go look at his efficiency stats and his scoring production, it's some of the highest in NBA history. But I feel like it just doesn't get acknowledged because those teams are so bad and we had just no no good players around him, really, outside of old Jason Kidd. Jason Terry was good. But then you had Eric, no hands, Dampier at center. Um, <laughs> just absolutely frustrating the living hell out of us. So I just want to acknowledge that part of his career where he was, I think, a top three player in the Ooh. league. Um, I, I think he top three to five player in the league, um, up, you know, with Kobe, LeBron. And I think he, you can make the strong argument that he was third uh, those, those years. Just like, if you look at offensive production, how good those teams were, despite how bad the surrounding cast was. Uh, I think Ben Taylor actually has a – he broke down his game, his uh, offensive production through those kind of like four, three- to four-year playoff peaks, and uh, he just stands out. So I'll uh, get off. Thank you, Davis. Appreciate you joining us. Yeah, just looking at, at Dirk's regular season numbers. Number one, like going to basketball reference for Dirk is always hilarious. He will simply not make sense due to history because he played so long and his numbers really weren't that varied from year to year. But I I do think that there's something to the fact that 2008, 2009, 2010, uh, when he was 30, 31 and 32, he played some pretty preposterous basketball. Um, It looks like here. In 2008-2009 season was his uh, one of his top three highest scoring seasons. 25.9 points per game. He averaged you know 8.4 rebounds. Like the 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 difference in his numbers year over year is really crazy. From about if if you're looking at numbers 2000 and 2001, right up until 2013-2014. So basically when he was 21 to when he was 35. He just played pretty pretty crazy basketball. Um, even in his later years, he's still efficient, but then you start to see some of the issues with injuries and things like that. All right, coming up next, we have Sean. Hi, Sean. What do you got? So I'll just talk about my favorite memory, or maybe. So when I was a kid and you know I had a bedtime and stuff, I had a radio in my room. And so I would turn it to the Mavs game. And the one I, m- I remember the most is the Utah game where Darren Williams hit a three with like, I think it was below 10 seconds. Was it a bank shot? I think it was the bank shot game. Yeah. And Dirk comes back with and hits the game winner. Just, it was real bang, bang. And Chuck Cooperstein was on the call. He went crazy. And, you know, I'm sitting in my room in the dark, just kind of going crazy listening to the Mavs win this game that, you know, that was, that kind of epitomizes how much like the Dirk experience for me. I love that. I love, and were you not? Uh, they, 
So I couldn't wa- stay up and watch the game, but they would allow my parents allowed me to listen to the game because they're the one that put the radio in. There. Mm, okay, that's good though, because in, in you know listening to a game, if you've ever if you ever get tired of the commentary and you want to try something different, I really do recommend trying to sync the radio commentary to what's happening on your TV. Um, it can be really fun because it's just sort of a different experience, and, and Cooperstein is is really he's really I enjoy him. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun with that. That's a, that's a really good one. I like that. I, I remember that game pretty clearly because I have, I, uh, I, I played against Darren Williams in high school and have like terrifying memories. So I would like watch lots of Darren Williams games. So I remember when he hit that bank shot, I do remember that game and Dirk just kind of came down and killed him. It was incredible. That was like, like an incredible back to back sequence. I like. Yeah. But the, yeah. Super excited. Just a, just a fun memory of the Mavericks, but yeah, that's all I got. Appreciate it, Sean. Talk to you soon. All right. Coming up next, we have Nick. Hi, Nick. How you doing? Hit the unmute button there at the bottom. Hey, Kirk. Doing well. How you doing, man? I'm great. Thank you. Well, so I've got, I guess, a favorite memory, but also I have a favorite, um, a favorite just thing about Nurk as a person. So I'll start with the memory, but there was the um, game towards the end of his career against the Lakers and Kobe was standing there on the sideline and he hit basically like a deep two point fade away shot to seal the game. And Kobe just dapped him up on the sideline. Um, I thought that was just so awesome to see that mutual respect between the two of them. Really like that. I remember that. That was a lot of fun. Um, gosh, what year was that? Kobe's final year. I think it might have been. May have been. It was towards the end for sure. Yeah, yeah. If anybody has these, go post them in the in the chat. I love I love these sorts of things up there because a lot of these things, particularly from 2013, 14 on, are on YouTube. Yeah. So the other thing is, I guess it's not really basketball related, but just the mini hairstyles and looks of Dirk, I think were hilarious all the, all through the years. I think my personal favorite was like the 2005 uh, long hair with the headband. I think that's probably where I'd say he looked at his best, but then there was also that season more recently. I think, I think it was 2013 where they were under 500 and he had like the caveman look. I think that was a pretty good one too. Mm, mm, I love that one. I Jason Gallagher, when before he became a big time video producer, uh, had, used to run a website called the Baller Ball, where it was just like weird NBA content, like great funny stuff. And I feel I remember something that he did where he compared Dirk hairstyles, or maybe he did it for us at Mavs Moneyball. I might, I might need to go find this, but like the sheer variety of Dirk hairstyles is kind of underrated and you, you don't really think about it much because it's, it's kind of a it's, a, it's a little bit of a hardcore fan thing, which is why we're here in a green room in the middle of the day. But his hair's really like, he had full on, like, like it was like he was a, if for anybody who played like Skyrim, it's like he was a creative character where he just had all sorts of different options, like a wild helmet hair. Bald Dirk was particularly frightening in, in hindsight. Um, one that I really got a kick out of, particularly when you scroll through old photos, you go look at his rookie presser. He has the, the classic mid nineties bowl haircut. It's just, I mean, just such oh, variety. Man. I love it. Did, didn't he have, I may be wrong about this, but did he have an earring at that time? Oh yes. Oh yes. Okay. What a, okay. Mm-hmm. Like Dirk was, Dirk was nearly a basketball player through six different presidents. 
Like he experienced so much like history. And so, and, and just because he's kind of a goofy dude, like the, the, the fits are, are my favorite thing now where you go look and you see some of the big baggy jeans, um, some of the things, like just some of his clothing choices are really quite remarkable. Um, there was the, it wasn't, it might have been ESPN the magazine, but it was the cover with Tracy McGrady where he has that huge cross. Like there's just oh, like, yeah. there did some wild stuff. Like he would have been incredibly popular in today's game because he's just kind of a, kind of a different guy. You know, a lot, a lot of uh, viral moments with Dirk before things going viral was a deal, you know? Yeah. Oh, no doubt. There's that picture. I see it in my head, but it's like, I, I want to say it's Tim Duncan, Dirk and Kobe potentially. And they're all wearing these super baggy suits. And um, it's just hilarious to see how much fashion has changed in 15 or 20 years. Yeah, I, I really am, am entertained and I'm, I'm probably going to spend a good part of today going through uh, pictures just because I don't want to work. Um yeah, this is this is good. What else do you got for us, Nick? Other memories? Man, other than that, um, really just uh, probably the best season was obviously 2011. Um, hard to hard to look anywhere else other than that. I think that moment against uh, Chris Chris Bosh. I think it was game. I don't remember if that was game two, where he it, we we came back on that just thunderous. Yes, run game two. And, yeah, and he, and Dirk hit that wild layup. Um, to, to seal the win. I mean, that's, that's probably my all time favorite moment. Um, but yeah, that's about all I got. So I'll get out of here and let some other guys come up. I appreciate it, Nick. Thanks for joining us. Um, okay. Coming up next. And again, guys, just for people who join in a little bit late, uh, we're talking Dirk memories because we don't want to talk about that nasty, that nasty game. Um, and it's, it's, you know, let's just talk about your favorite things. It doesn't have to be game related. It can be anything across the board. All right. Coming up next is Christian. Hey, what's up, Kirk? How you doing? I'm okay. What's going on? Uh, so I'm doing good. Uh, about to fly home for the weekend, so that'll be nice. But uh, you know, I I'm not gonna get into the the memory necessarily, and I'm not gonna necessarily repeat something uh, that we all don't know. Come back to your but phone. I, you're you're a little distant. Okay. Can you hear me now? Oh yeah, yeah. You sound good. Thank you. Okay. Uh, so the the thing that I wanted to mention is, like, I just don't know if we'll see another player like Dirk that is just so underrated by fans. Um, I think fans of the NBA, he's probably the most underrated star ever. I think the players have such enormous respect for him. You know, all the superstars, you know, when he was retiring, you saw everyone kind of turn out for that. Um, but when when people and talking heads and all that kind of thing start talking about the top 20, top 25, et cetera, uh, players of all times, he can be conveniently forgotten. And this is someone that won a championship the hard way. And I think one thing that – that uh is forgotten or not forgotten, but uh, neglected is, you know, everyone talks about the sky hook and, you know, this, that, and the other, but his shot is his signature shot anyways, is generational. And people copy that 
you know, like Kobe and that in the early 2000s, uh, 2010s to now. Um, and I think it's something that'll last forever because it's such a great shot. And, you know, obviously as Mavs fans, he'll always be, uh, our number one guy, but I think, uh, the fact that he is just so underrated by so many um, is something that, you know, often goes, often goes unsaid. And I'm just, you know, this is, uh, I've never been to a Mavericks game in Dallas. Uh, I'm seeing what, cause these tickets are absurd, <laughs> um, but I am going to try to make it out there uh, for that. So I'm excited. I think I'm like, well, like I'm going to do it one way or another, regardless of how much uh, how much money it is to just make sure I'm there for that moment. Um, but, yeah, criminally underrated. He'll always be number one in my book. And, uh, you know, appreciate you having me up and giving me the opportunity to speak. Sure thing, buddy. Yeah, I, I think that when it comes to to Dirk, like historically, his game is not going to translate in the TikTok era. Um, early Dirk would have, uh, Dirk before, basically before the, the, to like 2000 to 2004, Dirk was a, a different guy, uh, athletically. I, I think 2006, 2007, like the Avery Johnson era, he changed his game a lot. I mean, there's really like three to four distinct phases of Dirk. And it's kind of hard to explain to people because a lot of NBA players, you know, James Harden's a good example. Guy's going to play the same way his whole career. Dirk went from being, you know, a small, like he played small forward at first for, for the Mavericks at times with Don Nelson. Then he played center late in his career, shooting threes, doing all sorts of different stuff. Like he learned a post-up game and his numbers don't necessarily eye popped anyone, but it's a startling level of consistency. I love the the point about the fade. Um, what Anthony Edwards took a shot last night. Like I like hyper extended my knee, like watching the video, but he's basically doing like, like it was a, the, the way he, he planted and pushed off on this fadeaway shot was Dirk. You know, Kevin Durant has completely adapted the Dirk fadeaway and is, is quite, and you know, this is going to be heresy to some people, but he, like he's better at the own shot. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Um, you know, he's, Dirk was such an evolutionary basketball point for so many kinds of players where Kobe Bryant might have been everybody's favorite, but people stole from Dirk and, 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 you know, molded there. Like big started playing the way he and Chris Bosch were playing, you know, uh, much more than somebody like Kevin Garnett, because, you know, well, Kevin Garnett, who, who, who I will always argue Dirk was better than, but who really cares? But Kevin Garnett was a, like a, a defensive player, and his offensive game, while incredible, he was on bad teams for such a long time that I never think we got to see like the the KG that maybe was with was within. Um, but yeah, Dirk is is going to be somebody that I, I don't think gets lost to history because you know Michael Jordan said that Dirk was one of one of the few players that he ever watched that he thought could play in the in the early nineties um, and and in the eighties with with some of the physicality because Dirk just absorbed and 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 it did not bother his game. Um, our, I think our highest clicked article ever was like an aggregation of that. It's it's crazy. Um, yeah, it's it, but yeah, it's it's really wild when you see how many. Uh, there's just so much stuff you can choose from when you're talking about Dirk. Okay, coming up next we have Chris. Hey, Chris. All right, Kirk, can you hear me? Uh, excuse my uh, voice, too. I'm a little under the weather, but just have to chime in on Dirk. I'm, I literally tell my friend last night, I was like, yeah, 
you know, I met Dar- Derek Harper a couple weeks ago. I was like, he's one of, you know, four jerseys in the Raptors. You know, Dirk, I don't know why they haven't retired yet, but I'm sure it's going to be soon. And then, you know, I got the news on this. So that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, I mean, I've been a fan of the Mavs since 2000. It was the tail end of the two, you know, the, that se- second season of his where they started doing really good towards that season. They missed the playoffs, but then the next year, you know, of course they beat the Jazz, but. I mean, I started being a basketball fan slightly before that. You know, the 97 finals was when I first started watching basketball. So I always relate, you know, with Stockton and Malone, they just never won a championship. Thank God Dirk won a champ, at least one, you know, just how good he was. And there were so many of those bad moments. Uh, just 2003 Western Conference finals, second game, I think he he messed his, his, uh, his ankle up, I think. Yeah, or his it, knee was, or something, it was or? not dissimilar to what happened to, to Luca in the sense of it. And, and I thought I saw like Jeff Stotts, who's our injury expert in the chat. Maybe he can chime in and remind us on this, but it was the sort of thing where they were like worried about the leg entirely. And, and Don, Don Nelson wouldn't let, let him play. And Mark Cuban wanted him to play. Okay. So yeah. Not. They shut him down entirely. That's right. That's right. But I mean, we would have beaten the nets. I mean, I'm, I'm sure in 2003. So that whole 2006 thing, the controversy, the refs, you know, the free throws and Dwayne Wade and all that stuff. Oh, just blowing that, you know, 2-0 lead is just frustrating. But, you know, how, how how much payback? I mean, what other teams can say that that five years later they meet back in the finals and they get payback, you know, against an even better team, I think. I think the 2011 Heat were even better. So um, I agree with that. That was an incredible – like those two teams, like Wade were on a historic run. Um, but I think that the 2011 team was way more talented. Yeah. Because uh, the Mavericks stopped Shaq in 2006. and then. Yeah, yeah. And I did go to one of those games, game four. I was up in seat or section 320. I was at the highest point. I paid 250 bucks for it, but whatever. I was like, I have that ticket framed. I have memories. I got videos, photos. Like, you can't, you can't beat that. It's just like, at least, I mean, some other teams, you know, fans of other teams like the Wolves, I mean, they don't, they might not ever experience something like that. And we were able to experience at least one time where Dirk, you know, someone like Dirk, he just deserved it. And he was loyal to the Mavs. And it just kind of sucks that, you know, the telling of his career that he couldn't, you know, we went to the play, uh, you know, 2014, we had a pretty good run in the first round. I mean, we almost beat the Spurs then, but really wish, you know, that would have been kind of cool his last season with Luca and stuff, you know, try, going deep in the playoffs. But, you know, it is what it is. And he's getting his jersey retired. Definitely deserve so. Yeah, and then I'm sure I'm sure they'll do something with the statue later, where you know there's no reason to cram all this stuff into one thing, and it'll I'm I'm you know I'm, I'm hopeful that a lot of guys from over Dirk's career show up. That could be that could definitely be a lot of fun. I I hope they really make a a event out of this. You know I remember being moderately skeptical to the Dirk retirement things. They were just like pumping up the date. It was really weird. I just thought it was weird. But yeah, then the whole night. I didn't awesome. know when he was going to really retire. Like I, I was mm-hmm. actually kind of regretting once he said it. I think it was post game against the Suns. Uh, I was just like, man, I wish I was there. I should have gone to that game. I, Cause it, we didn't know like he was, was he going to really retire, you know? So, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, I'll yeah. say the last thing, uh, with the, uh, statue, do you, you think that they're building another arena or they're talking about it in like 10 years or something like that? When the, oh, that's a good question. The American um, Airlines Center, I think their lease is up in like 2030. So they're obviously going to stay there until then, but. They might wait, I guess, to do the statue for the new arena, or maybe they might build it and then move it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought from what I've heard, if they do do a new arena, it would not be too far away from where they are now. So that something like that is entirely possible. I mean, 
it's so odd because this is such a, a football town, a football state, and Dirk is is really one of the most well-known athletes in the era just because he played for so long and he really made this place his home. So there's just so much like positive positive Dirk stuff. I, I, I completely agree with what you're saying about how he went out, but then you read um, the Mavericks did a really good job, and Dirk did too, kind of keeping under wraps like how uncomfortable he was. Um, uh, I remember him being really reluctant to have any kind of surgery because he was, he was really blessed with health after he got his early ankle uh, issues under control. But yeah. then the ankle was bothering him so bad towards the end, they thought that, okay, maybe you know some surgery will, will help take care of the problem, and it really just made everything worse. And so he was you know, like reading about the injections and the kind of stuff like, you know, I'm, I'm 30, 37. It's like, there's some days where it's like, Oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to walk down the stairs very well. And I don't do it. You know, yeah, <laughs> so, right. I, I hear you. I'm 37 and I'm still hooping at the wide during noon, uh, like three, four times a week. Oh. I'm, I'm trying to keep up. Oh, I try. I, sometimes I, 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 I go off on these 21, 22 year olds. I have their great games. And there's, there's days I'm like, especially on a Monday, I'm like, Oh my God, I, I can't do any, I can't do this right now. I need to loosen up a little bit, but I still try to hang in there. So, and it's so crazy that just he was going out and doing all this stuff because he really wanted to give it a go. I was, I really, I really wish it would have worked out differently towards the end there. But you know, we we were really blessed for such a long, long time, and I'm glad he's still, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm glad he's still involved in the organization. Um, so so that you know, like I said, Stockton and Malone. I always go back to that because what Stockton, what second all time in scoring. I'm not sure he'll probably be passed by LeBron James. LeBron James or whatever, and then uh, you know uh, Stockton's numbers, they'll, they'll never be like the assist and steals. I don't think anybody will ever reach that. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's so crazy how good they were, and they just like, I mean, they're going against Jordan. What what can you do? <laughs> right. So, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's all I got. Us, Chris, appreciate yes, it. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. All right. Coming up next, uh, Aaron. Hey, Aaron, what's going on today? Remember to hit that unmute button when it finally lets you up here on stage. There we go. Aaron. We always have fun whenever Aaron joins. It sometimes just doesn't listen to him. Um, all right, Aaron, hang out. Maybe you'll figure out your audio. I'm going to bring up uh, Carter. Carter, that is a very, very good avatar you have on, uh, the, the, the Dirk hat there. So what's what's up? Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, so my big thing with Dirk, I mean, I'm 25, so I kind of like grew up with him in his prime as like, you know, my idol when I was first getting into basketball and sports. But one thing that I always prioritized as I kind of grew into my adult life is I just kind of got the feeling that Dirk kind of turned into like, uh, this is going to sound dramatic, but he kind of turned into like a Boban type character where like everyone just loved him because of how goofy and nice he was. And at least from general conversations with like casual hoop fans, I feel like a lot of people just kind of remember him as that instead of the only person to ever make Jeff Van Gundy say that he would have Serge Ibaka name his child Dirk Nowitzki. Like, that's the greatest line I've ever heard on a broadcast. So, I don't know. My my memories of Dirk are just, I mean, everybody has positive ones. But, like, I, into my adult life, I want to make sure that it is prioritized that people remember him for how great this is a player a good, he was. This is a good take. Yeah. I, 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 he, he's kind of viewed as a little bit as a, 
as a happy statesman of mm-hmm. sorts. I mean, he's in the NBA top 75. He's are like, he's not, it, it's, he, he is a top 25 player all time. They, they have him as one of the five spokespeople mm-hmm. for, for this thing. So the NBA itself knows how valuable Dirk is. Yeah. Uh, other NBA players also know about Dirk. Um, uh, a couple of them, you know, Wade and LeBron had to deal with it firsthand after kind of thinking that he was soft. I mean, I, I think Dirk is a Dirk is, is is kind of a towering figure within people who really know basketball. But then, you know, you run into like one of my favorite things. And I, I know a lot of people like hate Kareem Abdul-Jabbar just for this was that he had a lot of like just not like oddly odd criticisms of Dirk, like, oh, he should have gone to college. He would have been better if he went to college. Oh, and then he called him a one-trick pony. Mm-hmm. It was just, like, really strange stuff coming from from Kareem, who was, you know, obviously a, a top-five player of all time, in my opinion. It's like, like he, Dirk just seemed to really confuse people. And and, and they, like, he, they didn't know where to place him, but he was such a killer. And, yeah. and that cannot be understated. I mean, his all-NBA list... I feel like he made all NBA like 12 out of 13 years in a row. Like he was mm-hmm. just incredible for a long. Yeah, no, I, I like, I agree a hundred percent. Like he, there, there are like 20 to 30 guys that just had that killer instinct in them as a player, like just to take over games and be clutch. And like, if we can narrow down like the greatest players of all time to like 20, 30 guys, he's obviously in there. And I just, I feel like there's a good contingency of people that don't, like automatically plug him into that group. And I like, again, I'm biased, but I just, he has to be in there for me. And the people who kind of prioritize his personality, which is obviously great. Like we all love him for how happy and goofy and carefree he was, especially towards like the twilight years. Um, I just, I feel it's important to make sure that it is prioritized as like a general take that he, he is remembered for the just absolute monster he was for as a player first and foremost. Yes. Sorry, I was having trouble un- unmuting my no, phone. Good. That, that's all I, I got. So. Well, thank you for joining us, Carter. I really appreciate that. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, I'm gonna. I just like I've kind of let the Dirk stuff fall to the wayside, but I I really look forward to like arguing a ton about Dirk when I'm in my 40s with people who just never saw him. Um, it's it's gonna it's gonna be fun. Uh, and yeah, if you're 25 years old, that means you were four whenever Dirk was like drafted by the team. So he's like kind of been, he'd been around for Carter's entire life. So that doesn't make me feel ancient at all. Grayson, what's up, buddy? Hit that unmute button. Maybe. Hey. Mike. There Very we go. Funny. How are we doing? Sorry. Uh, when you mm-hmm. brought me up on stage, my music started playing for some reason. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, I, I was born in 2001. So it's funny that you brought that up. So I feel like my perspective on Dirk is a little different because I kind of grew up in my early, like a lot of my earliest basketball memories are of Dirk as like almost as a deity. Um, You know, like just, I don't think that there was a figure in Dallas sports um, or in my, in my life in general, that was just so impactful and just everywhere. It was like growing up, his face was everywhere. He's on every billboard. He's in, ton of commercials like I've obviously sat and watched the Mavs games with my dad growing up a lot and I don't know I've so I've always kind of like now that I'm watching Luca at the start of his career it's a little different because like I'm kind of analyzing his game and I'm learning about him as a player whereas Dirk always still in my brain is just kind of a deity uh just this 
god of basketball. Um, I, I've, I've never really felt that way about any other player. Maybe just well, particularly if you grew up in like if you grew up in Dallas around that time, like there just hasn't been anybody close. Um, cause the Cowboys have been, you know, I know everybody loves Dak and all that stuff right now, but the Cowboys, I mean, the Cowboys weren't good for like 15 years and nobody will really talk about that. Uh, I mean, like Romo is beloved, but they didn't win anything and that's not necessarily his fault, but like Dirk, like Dirk took like the basketball heroes journey. Uh, you know, 2006 was, was bad. 2007, um, 2007, for, for those of us who have been, were, were here for the long time, 2007 was existential in, in a loss. Um, I kind of define like certain periods of my life by what, you know, what basketball was happening. I, I just remember whole things in like 2000, in 2007, I'd been out of college for a year. I hated my job. I didn't know what I was going to do for a living. Like my fiance and I were not like, we weren't sure when we were going to get married. I mean, now we're obviously married, but it's just like, like there was a lot of, of stuff going on with me. And then I remember like so clearly feeling for Dirk because like he went on a literal walkabout after the 2007 loss and in the first round of the playoffs where they were, you know, such an, like they were 67 and 15 that year. And then to come back, <clears throat> I can't remember what year it was, but for, you may not remember this just because you are a deform, aforementioned youth um, yeah, during no, the playoffs against <laughs> against Denver in the playoffs, I want to say it was the next year. Um, I, maybe it's, no, it's 2009 uh, playoffs. Uh, and the Mavericks conducted an investigation into a woman Dirk was seeing, and it turned out she was like a huge scam artist, and all this stuff came out in the playoffs. And the, the Mavericks were playing the Nuggets, and the Nuggets at that time were, in my opinion, one of the best teams in the league. And I still remember Charles Barkley going in on Dirk in a really inappropriate Charles Barkley way, despite his playoff numbers, which were just unbelievable. Like there wasn't more. It felt very similar to how we felt after the Clippers series this last year with Luca, where it's just like, what more could you ask this guy to do? Um, if it, if it was the right year and I, I, I it might not be 2008, 2009, but in that playoff series, um, he averaged 27 points, 10 rebounds, and three assists on uh, <laughs> effective field goal percentage of 54. Like, he was just out of his mind. And then, it, it, I don't know, it's just one of those things that's always going to stick with me. And then they, they came back around, and, and you know, when the, the, they made the trade for all those, like, it was, it was in retrospect, like, the 2010-2011 Mavericks were very much, like, the expendables, where it's just, like, a bunch of old guys going for something. But it wasn't old superstars. It was old, high-level, like, former stars and role players came together at the right time, uh, and things came together in a perfect way. Um, it was, it, it, and that, you know, I would, I would put the 2010, 2011, I'm sorry, the 2011 championship season up against any in the last 25 years in terms of just importance, maybe the Pistons beating the Lakers in 2004, which was really something, but that series, the basketball actually sucked. Um, no one really, you know, we don't talk about that. Um, I know the, the Toronto people love their series, but Kawhi was, you know, he was a high, he hired gun for a year. Like, like Dirk meant something to this city and to the fan base in a really, really like spiritual way. And so it's, it's, I'm just delighted that he got his, his ring. Yeah. I think you could make an argument that it's one of, if not the most impressive rings in NBA history, uh, from yeah. solo superstar perspective. 
but yeah, I mean, they won the championship when I was 10 years old. And I often think about what, what my life would be like if they didn't, I don't know if I would <laughs> still be following this team. No, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it, I completely like, I, it's like the, because he was just so good for so long, he gave a lot of people a reason to stick around. You know, there's, there's very few Mavericks fans. I don't know. That's not fair. There's, but the 90s Mavericks before Dirk was part of the team was like one of the worst franchises in professional sports. It was like them and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that had like the worst winning percentage. It's off. I mean, and, and then Dirk was in, incredible. So, yeah. Well, thanks for having me on, Kirk. I'm really enjoying hearing y'all's perspectives. on. Sure thing, buddy. Thanks for coming. Okay, let's keep going because I don't want to go back to work. Christopher, how are you? Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Hey, just a couple of quick things, uh, three things that really come to mind whenever I think of Dirk. Um, his drive at the end of the game against San Antonio, the and one where the ball kind of just sneaks over the rim. Um, let's see. Um, also, whenever he got, uh, I think it was he forearmed someone or got forearmed in the mouth and spit out his teeth. Ooh, um, yes. Kept playing. Yeah. And what's that one? That one for me, it was just kind of like all time basketball moment. Gosh, who was that? Was it Taj Gibson? Gosh, I can't remember. I'm going to have to go look that one up. And it was the last one. Sorry. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. And for me, kind of, you know, towards the end of his career, um, catching the alley-oop from Steph in the all-star game and just seeing all the other players reactions, just, it was, it was awesome. So anyway, I'll get off and, uh, but thanks for having me up. Sure. Thanks for joining us. And those are three really good ones. That 2006 semifinal series against the Spurs is one of the best basketball series I have ever watched, hands down. Thank goodness for the gods Sagana Jop. Um, really played Tim Duncan well. Um, man, and then the tooth thing, I forgot about that. That was so gross. Uh, remember, make your kids wear mouthpieces. That's a good one. Um, and then, and then the last one, I still get like tingles, uh, like, like, like thinking about that, the, the crowd reaction, the players reaction to the alley-oop. That one was, that was a lot of fun. That's a really good one. Thanks for that, man. Appreciate it. All right, Doug, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Kurt. Hi. You, uh, your show. And, uh, I'm, uh, I think I'm, Better basketball fan than majority of people, but feel pretty stupid compared to most of the people that comment. So, <laughs> no, this is um, no, we're talking Dirk. There's no bad Dirk thing we can say. Well, as far as I'm so I, I I moved to Austin in '92 from California, and then up to Dallas in '97. So Dirk's just kind of always been there, and uh, obviously changed the game. The other thing is, well, I know I think you've got a young kid, but I can't think of too many stars that both stayed with the team, but also you'd be kind of proud to have them exposed to. And that's, mm. that's pretty rare with professional athletes. I, I mean, there's certainly like the, the list of guys who stuck with their teams that long is incredibly short. Yeah, um, I think Stephen. Yes. Uh, pretty much Kobe, maybe Paul Pierce, even though he left at the end, but he was a, a Celtic a really long time. There's just not that been that many in the in the modern era. I think Steph Curry's probably going to do this with the Warriors. At least I hope he does. 
but it's it's it the the part about being a a good dude is is very um is is that's a really good point because it's like the city loves him and that's not to say you know we're not going to pass judgment on on other players, but Dirk never got accused of any crimes that I'm aware of. So it's it's right. Well, and there was the the one scandal, and I would say that was more her fault than yes, you know, maybe his lack of judgment, not really something he did. Right. And I tell you, you know, for somebody that grew up in the Bay Area, it, it's easy to like the Mavericks, the Cowboys, both because of the owner and. Uh, the product they put on the field the last 20 years is has been much harder to uh, jump on that bandwagon. That's for sure. And yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, can I, can I ask you a non dirt? Sure. So the first game again, and, and I played water polo. So that's Ooh. how oh, I God. kind of, that's a sport. So the first Denver game, the first Denver game, Jokic picks up his third and fourth foul. In the first minute of the third quarter, I believe it was something like that. Like he was very like they kept him out on the floor and were basically testing the Mavericks. So in water polo, if it, if you have a guy playing that position, let alone a star, you're going to drive on him and try and draw a foul and get him kicked out. Right. The Mavericks did not do that. Why? Why? No, not at all. They they didn't. Yeah, no. They you know Brunson wasn't taking it inside. No one, you know, really to take to exploit him. Yes, that was a. I mean, that game got out of hand, but that was a a big part of why, like of, of why they had an opportunity and they did not exploit. Yeah, early in the third quarter, uh, it was I think within eight points or something like. That. I mean, it, it wasn't out of control like it ended up being. Right. No, that was a mistake, and that will probably not be something that happens again because I think Kid got got pretty roundly criticized for not, the team not attacking. Okay. Well, thank you, Doug. Appreciate That's you joining it. us. Appreciate your work. You betcha. All right. Coming up next, we have Zach. Hey, Zach. Thanks for joining. Can you hear I me? can. Cool. So my dirt moment, moments experience is 2011 OKC series. I can't remember which game it was. I mean, because it's really the entire series he was doing it. But OKC had some stud defenders. They had Nick Collison, Thabo Cephalosha, Serge Ibaka, KD, and nothing that they did could stop Dirk that whole series. I mean, it was... Like Thabo, excuse me, Serge Ibaka, like was covering Dirk's eyes. Dirk did, couldn't even see the the rim and was just swishing shots. It was it was like Jedi stuff. It was ridiculous. So that's definitely I just that's the only moment I really have. I just wanted to. Bring I mean, it. that's the fine. Like I'm still of the opinion that that series is the finest basketball he played over a, a stretch in in his entire career. Um, the finals, he was a little ugly. If we, if you go look at his numbers. Yeah. But he just, I mean, Nick Collison was in my, in my opinion, like there's a number of guys who guarded Dirk really, really well over the years. Bruce Bowen, because he was a cheating cheater. Um, Sean Marion, because Sean Marion is one of the best defenders in, in recent NBA history. And I thought Nick Collison always did a sneaky good job on Dirk, just very physical, tall. Um, and I still remember like the Serge Ibaka stuff. I thought he broke Serge Ibaka for 10 years. I mean, it was, it was what, 12 of 15, and he went 24 of 24 from the free throw line. Can you imagine 
how nuts the internet would go if Luka Doncic went to the free throw line 24 times in a basketball game. Social media has changed so much. (laughs) You know, somebody will be hot on Twitter, whatever the term is to to describe this. Somebody will be hot on Twitter after a big game for maybe six hours, but he would have been hot for like, or trending, I guess, for a couple days. It was just, it was ridiculous. Oh yeah, man. I, I might have to go watch, I might have to go watch some of that Oklahoma City series after this because there's just very, like, that was just when everything, like, like the, the, I think of the line from the A team, like, you, I love it when a plan comes together and it was just dark eviscerating. Cause that, I mean, Andrew, who is going to come on here shortly, mentioned this in the chat. Dirk played, went through five, like, five either former or future MVPs in one playoff run. I was, you know, we swept the Lakers in the previous series, and, you know, I was, like, pretty optimistic. And I thought, damn, OKC's, they're, they're pretty badass. They're going to be difficult for us to get, a, to get past. But, I don't know, it was, uh, it was our year's destiny, and Dirk was just locked in. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you, Zach. Appreciate you joining us. Okay. Mike. Welcome to the chat, Mike. How are you? Mike, are you there? We got the unmute. I saw you do that. That's okay. Um, try to come back up. We can figure out the audio. I'll bring you back on up as the next guest. Um, coming up next, then, we have Michael. How you doing, Michael? We're getting really good audio luck here. Hit, there we go. Hey, what's going on, Kirk? Well, uh, Man, so right now is a crazy month for me. This being 11 years my passed away from brain cancer. It's passed the week, the passed away the week up Thanksgiving. I'm sorry to hear that. No, it's it, it, it's a celebratory moment. So honoring the memory, celebrating. One of my Dirk memories actually involves her. It involves a random January game, uh, 2010. I had uh, just gotten back from Afghanistan a couple of months ago. And this particular game, Dirk went off for 37 against the Boston Celtics. I think Paul Pierce went off for like 24. I just remember that game the most. You know, because that was like one of the, uh, that was actually the last basketball game me and my grandmother had actually watched together. Oh, wow. I found it. He was, he was 20, he was 14 of 22 from the field. (laughs) And like 9 of 12 from the field. He played. Uh, From the free throw line. He played 44 minutes. 44, like, like, like KP almost died last night and he played 32. Like, Dirk is playing 44 minutes. Wow. This is a good box score. Mind you, she, she's from Bo- she was from Boston, so she was a big-time Celtics fan. So, <laughs> you know, she remembers all the championships and all that. But for that, like, one night, I got bragging rights. That's real fun. That's a good memory. Thank you for sharing that with us. Oh, yeah, of course. I was going to say 06, 
the uh, sure. the Spurs because I live in Austin and I was living in Austin then, and that was like right before I went to basic training. So right. it was fun to you know get the rub that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Beating the Spurs is beating the Spurs is special. Of course. But to sit up there and knock them out before the NBA changed that uh, playoff seating rule. Right. It's just amazing. <laughs> right. Uh, well, thank you for joining us, Michael. I appreciate it. Of course, Kirk. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Coming up next, we have Jordan. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Kirk. Wow. Josh Green profile photo. That's a bull. I don't know. I've been trying to change it, but it won't change. So. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyways, my favorite memories of Dirk are from the 2011 playoff run, obviously. But, like, I actually was lucky enough to go to two playoff games, and I went to game four versus the Lakers and then game two in Miami. So in game four, like, I was only eight years old, but, like, I even knew, like, how special that was to be the back-to-back uh, defending champs and watching Peja and the Jet, you know, splash all those threes. But in game two, I had an unfortunate, like, so me and my dad go to that game. I'm eight years old. I have Heat fans cussing me out. I'm like, I'm a little nervous. Cause so, like, I, like, I almost wanted to come into the arena with, like, a jacket on, like, trying to hide that I'm wearing a Mavs jersey. But so – Anyways, there's like, you know, we're down 15 with six minutes to go or whatever. So my dad's like, let's get out of here. Like the heat, there's no stopping them right now. And the heat fans are giving us a hard time. So we get in the taxi cab to go back to our hotel. And then we just slowly, we have the radio on and we're starting to hear the Mavs are coming back. And we're like, oh, what have we done? We just left. And then we get to our hotel just with, oh, yeah. So we get to our hotel with just like a minute to go. Uh, just in time to watch the Dirk shot. So that Dirk shot's just my favorite memory. So I don't, you know, I, I, I hope, I hope you don't. That's a tough deal. Like they were getting killed that game. I still remember where I was sitting in my rinky-dink apartment with with my wife, and just being so upset when when cause Dwayne Wade hit that shot in front of the bench. And I reckon if anybody hasn't seen it, go look, go to YouTube and Google. Game two, 2011 NBA Finals mini movie. It's like a six minute thing. They they still do these, and I, I wish the NBA like pubbed them more because they're just incredible. Uh, and and it, that game was over, and then it wasn't. And and so that's, that's pretty great that you got to see the end of it though. Yeah, yeah. I've never left a game. I don't care for down 30. I'm never I'm never leaving early again. <laughs> That'll teach you, right? Oh, yeah. That'll teach you. Well, you got any others, Jordan? Uh, I got a lot more, but I, I'm going to just keep it at that. But thanks for having me on. Of course, buddy. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. That's a good one. All right. Then last, because we don't got anybody else up, and uh, it's uh, Mr. Andrew. How are you doing today? Doing quite well, Kurt. Several different ones. Like everyone else, the 2011 playoff run, just game five of the finals, once we pulled that out, just the feeling that it was inevitable that the Mavs were finally going to win the title. Yes. Even against that, even against that crew, and all the uh, the uh, fake sick that LeBron and Wade were doing. Man, I can't believe they did that. Ooh. And one of the other memories I have, I think, it's mid two thousands. Dirk's career 
career regular season scoring high. He had 53. It was him against Houston Rockets with Tracy McGrady. Mm. They had both gotten 43 in regulation and went to overtime. Dirk just poured 10 on in the overtime. to win That's the one game. of the greatest basketball games I've ever seen. And the, uh, it, Oh, the, my uh, God, what a good guy. I cannot believe I didn't think of this one. Good call. And the other weird thing of that game that sticks out to me, the most unusual national anthem, James Earl Jones what? read the national anthem. I do not remember this. It's it's one of those just like, this is unique. This sticks in my head. And I was at the roof of the section 326 row T, top of the arena for that one. And. It's one of the ones you'll just remember the rest of your life. That's a good one, man. Thanks for that. I like that a lot. That's funny. Yeah. Man. You know which one I remember is when Tony Romo was in the warm-up lines? I still get angry about that game. I still <laughs> I still was so mad. I was like, this team's a clown show. They're letting Tony on, on the floor. <laughs> but they just had such a good time with it. It was it was good. Man. Especially when he sprinted to the scores table like he was going to check in. Oh gosh. Yeah, and like like uh, Adam was it Adam? Yeah, it was Adam Silver at that point who had to be like, no, this this can't be a thing. That's funny. And they, and they still put his name on the floor. <laughs> oh God, did they really? I didn't catch that. Ugh. Man, all right. Well, thank you, Andrew. You got well, any more? That's all I got for now. Y'all have a great Excellent. one. Excellent. You too, buddy. Okay, coming up next, we got one more fo- person. We have Richard. Thank you for joining, Richard. What's up? Uh, hey, Kurt. Can you hear me? I can. All right. Well, I just wanted to have a couple things to say. So um, the first thing is just I grew up a Mavs fan like everyone else. And it just really was well, I'm not too old. I'm 32. And just growing up watching, I was one of the early Mavs fans just watching it with my sister. Uh, we'd watch the 90s Mavs and it was it was rough. Like it was it was so bad. And like to have Dirk um, show up in 98. It was just something like it was like wow we have we have promise but it was I wasn't a hundred percent sure like this was legit just because for like the ninety the nineties maps I don't know like younger Mavs fans just don't understand how bad the nineties maps were like it was bad like you had to be a real fan to be watching uh, Mavs games for like I think I'd be watching like K Star forty nine. I, don't I mean know it's it's was. the equivalent of what like like imagine the, what Houston is doing right now. Only for like years, like they were bad yes. for years. Yeah, and it was like, it it was you had to be a true fan to be watching these games. Like mm-hmm. it was, they, it was not pretty. And so, um, yeah, like Dirk came along, and it was just like, okay, he's pretty good. But you know, I was just so used to, you know, seeing like horrible stuff. So I was kind of, you know, waiting it out. And obviously, being a Cowboys fan. Uh, I've become over the years a very, very jaded Cowboys fan. <laughs> I'm not, I like, you know, I just. Every year they get the most attention locally, like on the radio and everything. Like you just hear about the Cowboys every single year. And anytime you get a, a bit of Mavs talk, it, it was nice. So like my fandom, I was still a Cowboys fan, but it, it almost like made me a stronger Mavs fan. Cause like this guy, Dirk is carrying the team. He's pretty good. Like we should be paying attention to the Mavs. So like, you know, getting like constant Cowboys talk, it was, it, it was kind of like, man, I, we got to be talking about the Mavs more often. But anyways, Fast forward um, to obviously 2011. I've never experienced this before until this moment. Um, I've heard about dudes sports crying before, like just 
out and out emotional sports crying tears. I've never experienced it in my life. And in 2011, obviously it was like the game seven or no game six, uh, dirt, you know, we lock it up. And all of a sudden I start feeling weird, like emotions. I was just like, what emotions. is going on? So this is odd. Yeah. Yeah. Like my face, my, I'm, I'm feeling like my, my eyes. Are, what what's is going this on? liquid? Like, never, I don't understand. Yeah. Exactly. And so something's going on with my face right now. And because like, you know, obviously being a, a JD Cowboys fan, I was like, I've never experienced this before being, you know, a Mavs fan going the ups and downs. And then finally just like, um, feeling this elation. I was like, I started crying. I was like, what's going on? I was like, I was, I was like tears of joy. And it was, it was amazing. And I, I'll never forget that because though that has like really never happened to me before. Like I've, I've, you know, heard about it. Like, Oh yeah, I cried. Cause like, this team won or whatever. And I just was laughing off. I was like, it's sports. You know, I, I, I love it, but I, w- I never truly experienced it until that. And then the, the second time I've ever experienced it was um, Dirk's last home, like what was it, last home game? He When he officially announced he's retiring. Because mm, no one really yeah. knew until he said it. And I was like, damn. Like, I mean, I, everyone kind of knew. But until he officially said it, it was like, you know. And so once I heard it, I was like, it's coming again. It's like the <laughs> But one time, so it was, it was totally worth it. You know, that was the, the, the one true time. That I was like, okay, this is, this is real. Like these emotions, like I, I legit believe everyone out there who does, I'm not going to make fun of anyone because I've officially done it. So like, yeah, it's been a, it was a really crazy experience to talk to, you know, to go through Dirk's just whole career growing up with him. It, it honestly feels like, I don't know if anyone watches like, like these shonen animes, like, he, he literally went through, like, you could, this could be a movie, like, you know, he went through his ups and downs, like, it was, it, it's truly, like, I know we fans, like, we, like, you know, as sports fans, you'd say, man, he's, like, you kind of, like, overblow a lot of these moments, but, like, truly, like, you truly felt like you were going through these, like, punches with Dirk, like, you know, he, he had his big letdowns, his really awesome, you know, ups and downs, it was, like, it's so like whenever you whenever he like won in 2011, it really truly felt like damn like like we all won as a city like this was a you know this was a big accomplishment for Dallas yeah and, yeah so that's that's no, honestly it all I that's have great. to say yeah thank you Richard this is great yeah I I know exactly what you mean because it was our guy was not going to get his due the guy we'd watched for 10 years, we're like, oh, this is just going to go, he's going to leave, something's bad. You know, there's just all sorts of negative feelings. And then all of a sudden, you know, I remember that, that it's very clear. I think ESPN still has all this. Like he, the Mavericks weren't picked to get out of the first round in 2010, 2011. They were three seed. So it's, it's just, it's wild in retrospect. Okay. We do have one more person. Oh no, the person left. All right. This has been fun. Thank you guys for, uh, for wasting an hour of your afternoon talking Dirk with me. Um, Good time, and I feel, uh, you know, palate cleansed. Now we can go watch uh, the Mavericks beat the Suns um, Sunday night. All right. Um, We will talk to you guys soon after the game. Thank you so much for hanging out, and we will talk soon.